Hi everyone and uh, well welcome to a very special webinar which goes through investing it's the first one of the year investing and trading and I'm going to go into some of the things that I'm looking at some of the investments I'm looking at and where I think the problems are uh, what's worrying me and also how I'm looking to trade uh, at the moment as well particularly as it looks like the market's going to continue falling for a while so how do we protect some of the gains from last year uh, and there've been some rather large gains from last year said so how do we protect those gains and then how do we profit from what opportunities there might be and what are the profit uh, what are the opportunities so let me know you can see and um hear me barry said not great trading weather i know you can see that as well it's it's pouring down um so we've got that element to it as well so i'm going to share my screen and it's a new format I've got, so we're aware I'm covering both investing and trading, and I think it's going to work well, uh, and then, then it'll become part of my weekly market update. So if you'd like these every Wednesday's the plan, then let me know, and I'll just continue uh, doing them. I'm going to share my screen, and that way it becomes a Wednesday thing uh, as well. So you know who I am, I'm assuming. Uh, okay, let me know if it's your first time on the webinar, otherwise I will continue. Uh None of what I'm about to tell you is individual financial advice. All trading and investing involves risk. It's not individual financial advice because I don't know you individually. Um, not a brokerage. I'm not a retail fund manager. So I'm not trying to sell you a brokerage service or retail fund management services. Either my background is in asset management. I've written over 18 books on trading. They're over my shoulder. Uh, and I used to write in the Financial Times. Let's just start off with what we're trying to protect. This is the markets over the past year. All right. Now, what you're probably if you've looked at your portfolio and you had those gains in Google and Amazon and Apple and Microsoft. And just so you know, live breaking news, I have just before getting on this webinar, sold back some of my position. I've not ex exited all my Amazon. I'm going to come back to the stocks in a second, but I sold a little bit of it off. Apple, I've sold a little bit of it off as it falls because I want to keep some of those gains. They look really nice, but I didn't want to sell all of it because I know I still want exposure to it. And I'll go into more detail here. Hey, Simon. Um, hi, all. Happy to be educated over the next uh, 45 minutes. Absolutely. Pinner, first time. Good. I've got some first timers. That's always good. Wembley, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wednesday thing, I'll definitely do. And of course, there's, there's gains from the past year here, which we haven't got. Uh, I didn't have, for instance, uh, I'm trying to think what I didn't have. I did have Visa and MasterCard. Anyway, there's some in there that I didn't have, uh, which were big gains. Uh, Broadcom, actually Broadcom we had from May. Uh, I just did a video on that. I didn't have AMD, okay, which went up 113%. I didn't have uh, some of the other ones in here, okay. So how do we keep those gains and how do we get into some of the opportunities that might exist? Of course, when you look at something like this, if at the end of the year, 12 months from now, there's a lot of greens, then we might either have been lucky or good. If there's very few greens, then we've got fewer stepping stones to step on, okay, before being disintegrated. If it's all red, there was nothing we could have done other than going to cash, which is what happened in 2021. So I've got to try and protect you from all of those. So what might happen? What might happen? Hello, Hull. Um, thank you, Gupri. Good to see you, Eric. Glad got rid of your beard. Thank you. Yeah, it's me and me. anyway, we'll talk about that. So this is from um, a variety of sources. It's actually Man Group, the hedge fund. And I was reading their stuff. 
Uh, and they've marked every single, for, just focus on UK, US equities rather, US equity returns since, uh, the, since 1933, I think. Oh, sorry, since 1800. <laughs> since 1800. God, they love their data. Do the hedge funds. Okay. So this is where we are. 2023 was there. It was a 20% return, just slightly over 20% for the S&P 500. All right. That's what it was. And you can see the sort of scattering of returns you can get. Now, this is what the person who wrote it thought 2024 would deliver. He's pretty pessimistic. Now, the reason I like it when hedge funds give these kind of analysis is they tend to be more realistic, maybe even pessimistic, because they're not trying to flog you some service, whereas your Hargreaves Lansdowns are going to be talking about, hey, let's make it another great year because they're trying to sell you something. And my job is to be objective, Okay. So they think it might not be that great a year for the overall market. What that means for us and for you is we're going to have to be really picky. Last year, everything ended up rising. We didn't know that was going to happen last January. I certainly didn't know in January of last year that it was going to be a 55% gain in the NASDAQ and so on. So all it means is we're going to have to be a bit picky, a bit more due diligence this year, I think, than uh, uh, than than last year might have needed. Right? Right. Uh, where are we in terms of just the past week alone? This doesn't include today. And this is something interesting. And I'm going to come back to more of it. And I'll tell you what's really caught my attention at the moment. Over the past week, January of last year and January of the year before were turning points in the market pretty much. That's unusual. Normally, January is just a continuation from whatever happened in December and November and blah, blah, blah. But they were really decisive times. And I just wonder if the same thing's going to happen again as the market's selling off. What we're seeing unusually at the moment in the past week, and it's too early to tell in many ways, is facing strong gains in this, that top right-hand corner, maybe a bit of the utilities and a bit of the banks. Okay, so I'm just keeping an eye on that. I'm not saying we plow in, it's too early to tell. But I am going to keep an eye on, for instance, and in this webinar, we will cover some of these names to see what looks good. Um, and I've actually made a couple of purchases, which I will pull up later in this webinar as well and tell you what I've bought into. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what I've sold some of, and then we'll look at some of the trades and so on. These are the exchange traded funds. Now, it's too early to tell whether this is going to be a, uh, an exchange traded fund kind of year. And what I mean by that is this. ETFs tend to have less volatility than stocks because otherwise you just buy a single stock. So you want ones with less volatility. And there are exchange traded funds which sort of hit that profile. And again, um, I'll make sure we've got time to discuss what looks interesting at the moment. I'm not making any major decisions in this first week, but I will tell you what I've bought and what I've sold, which I didn't even expect was going to happen. If you asked me on Friday last week, I didn't know what I'd feel like today because the market does change its tune uh, in the first week of January in any event. So I'm going to name some exchange traded funds, which look interesting. Um, were I to pick exchange traded funds, then they might be one of the ones or they might be of the type that I do. And speaking of which, I better get some of those files ready that I'm going to be referring to a little bit later on as well. So you don't say to me, hey, where is everything? Uh, OK, there we are. So I will share that with you. I need to move that out of the way. There we go. So we can see all of this. Now, this is a valuation of some of those major companies, including price. It's the forecast price earnings ratio. So it's this, you're paying $28 for every future, 
dollar or projected dollar of earnings. So every time Microsoft is projected to earn a dollar, you're paying $28 to buy the stock. Here you're paying $26 for Apple, 41 for Amazon. It's not the only measure of valuation. And you might say, well, energy is bloody cheap. Okay, but look how patient the healthcare. Maybe it's a year for healthcare. Uh, and the banks continue looking cheap. So we'll come back when we analyze the stocks. This is just to give me a flavor. I'm not going to read too much into any of this because valuation is not the only metric. And OK, so what if some of them are expensive on this metric? If they perform well, as they did last year, like a Microsoft Apple alphabet, then who cares in any event as well? Um, oh, Simon said, I'll this. Yeah, this is this is simple. This is Finviz. I try and use as many retail sources as I can, but sometimes I have to draw the data. F-I-N-V-I-Z. OK. Hi, up time hungry. Do you have funds we can invest in so I don't have to? Do, so I don't have to. Yeah, I'm going to come to exactly that. You're time hungry. Absolutely. Time poor, I think, is what you mean. But uh, and of course, with any of the stocks, as you know, I look at all this other data as well uh, across all ten thousand. So the stocks I'm going to mention to you, I will have looked at their valuation, their revenue growth, their dividend yields, cash return, capital invested, momentum, Sortinos, and Alpha. So let's get right uh, into it. And this is the past week in terms of performance. And as I said, that part's been looking rather good in just the past. Uh, uh, sorry, the past day. This is the past day of performance I've put up here. The past, just the past day, excluding today. And you can see, is money flowing into these ones? Now it's again too early, but I'll tell you which of these I've, uh, bought into. Uh, and I've got the slides up for that. So I'm going to show you that in a little bit, uh, in a second as well. And again, with the exchange trade funds, which I like the look of, because I've looked at some of the ones uh, and again, you said some, some of you are time poor. My brother-in-law called me up today and said, look, I can only buy ETFs because of where he works. Uh, can you mention which ones look attractive at the moment? And I'll come to that and I'll, I'll name drop a few things as well. All right. So that's obviously year to date. Hardly anything's happened. This is over the past month. I'm not looking at any of these in any particular detail. What's happened over the past, as in none of these ticked all my boxes of value, growth, income, cash flow, all the boxes that I mentioned here previously oops that i mentioned that i look at in here there uh so i i just show this out of interest for you uh more importantly where are we here what the hell's going on alpesh okay the s p it's all bleeding red now i did say in december we might get some uh sell-off because this is the stochastic which is a measure of momentum weekly and monthly and the weekly one is the one which is more volatile it moves up a lot more and the monthly one is the one which is slower just focus on the weekly one for now um and it's due a down move and that often happens you know you get a few weeks everybody gets scared and then it goes back up get a few weeks goes down get scared then it goes back up so we know that can happen time and time again and it's due for one what's more important and i'm going to zoom in so you can see it more easily What's more important than that is this blue dotted line, which is the monthly MACD, which tends to be a bit slower to react, but more significant. And that's still rising or it's flat. Now, the rule is this. It's a very simple rule. If this is rising, that's good news. OK, you can see it here. Rising. Look at that. I mean, what a bloody gain. If it is in this top half and going sideways, that's an amber warning like you had here, it gives you ample warning to say, listen, mate, you ain't got much longer to go. Better think about jumping. And if it's falling, that's a double amber, as in here, which is what the hell's wrong with you? Wake up. 
And if it's falling under its own moving average, which is the, the, the blue dotted line under its yellow, as in here, as it did here, then that's just, hey, what the hell are you doing still in the bloody markets? What's wrong with you? So we generally try to get in when this is flat. That can be a bit early. Uh, uh, last January, it worked out that it was worth taking that risk of getting in that early. And at the moment, it is either doing this, which is quite positive, or it's doing that. And it looks like for the moment, we'll get a short-term fall, as we've had previously, maybe like that, before we resume upwards. That's what I'll say the odds are on. By the way, January has a 50-50 chance in the last seven years of being an up or a down month. So you can see why I'm more than happy to wait till Friday's broadcast to then make a decision on something. And by the way, in all of this, I'm also going to, I'm mixing the trading and the investing webinars, as it were. And I want to show you the S&P 500 uh, here. And you can see we had a sell signal, which I should have taken. This is why I want to combine both of these. That's the four-hour bar. Uh, we had that at the start of the year and it's fallen off okay and you know all, all of december was a buy look at that that was just all of a buy and it was a fantastic buy but then the sell came in that's why i want to combine these investing and um trading webinars because then it might be more useful for you to see the interaction between the two uh and that's still negative that's a sell so that's a sell uh and and it's you know i wouldn't want to get in the way of that uh so that but how long will that last well, hopefully not very long because the MACD is still flat rising. Bottom line, I'm not in a mad rush to buy stuff, but I'll tell you what I've bought. It's not like last year where, oh, shit, we better start buying stuff. The market keeps rallying. I'm happy to wait till Friday's broadcast on Friday. I might say, well, I'll wait till next Friday and then next Friday. So I'll wait till and so on and so forth. Um, and similarly with the FTSE, well, the FTSE is still at 2018 level. So it's, you know, seriously. Uh, I'm going to focus on the US for the moment. Now you can see how Apple's fallen off a lot and there's been a downgrade. Fine. Look, Barclays on the 2nd of January gave it a sell. Thanks, Barclays. You whinge buckets, ruining it for everyone else. But we know that this can have several months of falls before it rises up again. So the decision then becomes, well, okay, and this is how I decide things. Okay, I've got some Apple. So Uppish, why did you sell some of your Apple? today well because i had a hell of a large position in apple and i kept some and got rid of some because i think yeah we will get some falls and i don't just want to see last year's gains evaporate but i kept some of it because i want to keep holding some of it because the macd is flat it's not fallen below in which case i'd be worried okay and you can see it's 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 flat and i could say well wait a minute i'll go back to where it was all the way back in what June of last year? Yeah, I am. I wish it had given me more, but it gave me enough last year anyway. It gave me all of this. Um, so I sold some of the position, kept some of it to keep my feet in both, both camps. Now, how do you decide that? Very simple. Okay. So the Apple strategy is do we buy, hold or sell? Well, certainly not buying at the moment. Okay. I'm holding some and I sold some. So how did I decide? Well, it's the same strategy I've told you before with Nvidia, which is if it drops X, I will sell Y. Okay. Now I decided if it drops, for instance, 10%, I will sell 20%. If it drops 20%, I'll sell another 20. And that's dependent on my risk appetite and you can work out those numbers. And I'll probably update you on, well, I will update you on Friday if I sell more. But at the moment, I sold some and I'm holding some. That's where I am with Apple. And that makes me more comfortable with it. And you might say, oh, Arpish, you're trading your investments. No, 
I had a very large position in Apple. But also, well, wait a minute, what if it goes up? Well, I've still got my position in, I've still got a position in Apple. Okay. Uh, that's what the average analyst thinks. So where are we on Alphabet? It's also fallen off. Well, actually, it looks pretty bad. But when you put it into this context, it's done this many times before, which makes me go back to the MACD. Is it going up? Mm, sort of. Is it sideways? Yeah, it's more an amber. Has it fallen? No. Is it gone beneath its own moving average? No. So actually, uh, we're just at an amber. We've been at ambers before. It's fine. I did sell some of my Alphabet today. Why? Because I had a bloody large position in Alphabet that I built up, I'm afraid. Uh, and that's my problem or my business. And again, it was, well, if it drops a little bit, I'll sell a bit. So that's why. Uh, Tim's asked what platform I'm using. Uh, I always try and use retail platforms if I can so that you can copy me. This happens to be something called Trend Spider. Okay. Hey, Ravi, how are you? Um, uh, okay. So that's where we are with Apple. I'm trying to see if I've got, let me just go back onto trading, uh, for a second to give us more of an insight. So, uh, oh yeah, I have got Apple there. There you go. There's Apple. Um, this is the Pips Predator indicator. Okay. So that's my trading software. Okay. So that's the sell signal there. Uh, and that came in all the way in December, which is why I want to do these webinars with you where I do combine trading and investing. So you can see that, okay, fine. I've got some, uh, Apple for my long-term investment, but on the trading side, the shorts are fine. You know, okay, I don't mind if it's short or long when it's trading. Uh, and that's where it is. And it's dropped from a peak of what, 200 almost, 199, 283. It's where we are. Uh, and that only takes it back to where it was in November. But if you're trading this, whether you're using a spread bet or CFD or whatever else, fine. You've got your indication. It's a short. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get rid of some of the investment on it because I was able to look at um, the the indicator there on it. And by the way, I think I mentioned Amazon already, but if I haven't, I'll come to it. Uh, where are we on Amazon? So Amazon is still long on the daily chart and it's where it is and it's fallen off a bit, but it's still got a long position on there. But let's come back to some of those investments. Bottom line, uh, I sold a little bit of some of these positions, which I had a lot in. Uh, I saw very little of Microsoft because it's hardly budged anyway. Uh, and you can see we've still got a bit more room to go. Now, when it did this in the past, like here, okay, it still had a fair bit of upside. And that's why I do the broadcast every week because we want to keep an eye on it because we want to try and get those bigger gains. If you say, no, I don't want these big gains. I don't want 20, 30, 40% when, when it's available in the market. It's not available every year. Uh, I'd rather just have my 5%, give it to a fund manager. That's it. It's fine rather than having to look at any of this. That's perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. Uh, but I say to people, is it worth it for the sake of just keeping an eye on it every few days? So with this one, I did sell a little. I told you in my previous broadcast, this is what's called a bearish divergence, where the momentum goes in that direction, but the price goes in this direction, and that can be negative. Uh, and that's also why I sold a little bit. So yeah, could this come off a bit? Could it do what it did here? Yeah. Before going back up? Yes. Can do both of those. And I'd probably put my money, it's going to do something like this. So why haven't I sold all of it? Well, I don't want to trade my investments. Why have I sold some of it? Because I'd built up quite a big bloody position, including some leverage positions uh, on spread bets and CFDs on it as well. So I wanted to just ease off some. So what my point is, it's your personal risk appetite, okay, that you have to determine it on. Amazon, again, look at that. But this is more strong. Look, still going up there and it's stronger. 
to the upside. Now, it might fall off a bit. It might do what it did here before going back up. So if you are risk averse, you might say, look, if it drops 10%, I'm going to get rid of, uh, uh, which means it goes all the way to 135 from 150. If it drops 10, which is roughly about, I don't know, roughly about here, let's say, can't draw in a straight line on here. Uh, if it goes to there, I'm going to sell, you might say, 10% because you're a bit risk averse, or 20% or 30 or 40 or 50, depending on your risk appetite. If you're more risk loving, you'll say, nah, I'm fine with it. I'm just keeping hold of it. And I did keep hold of most of my, I think I know, I don't think I sold any Amazon today, actually. Uh, I didn't think I sold some of the others a little bit. I don't think I sold any of my Amazon, uh, because it's just looking fine and strong and it's fine. Um, let's look at some other stocks. Okay. To give you an update. And these are the bellwethers. These are the ones which the market looks at and talks about. And you can see what some of the analysts think over here as well. Okay. Uh, and well, it's just a waiting game for some of these. I mean, will it do that? I don't know. It's something which we projected as a special situation. It's high risk may or may not. Uh, Nvidia. Now the Nvidia strategy has to be, and I've said this, a hundred billion gazillion times. This is overbought. At some point, this is going to crack. It's like dancing on ice. Sooner or later, fatty's going to break the ice. Okay. And so you might say, if it drops X, I will sell Y. X and Y. Well, Y will be dependent upon your risk appetite. We will know what X and Y should have been or what Y should have been in hindsight, but hindsight's no good to us. And the warning I give you is don't forget, look, snakes and ladders. You don't want to ride the ladder all this way up, made all these wonderful gains. Thank you very much, Alpesh. You doubled or nearly two and a half to my money. But if you hold on too long, oh, thanks, Alpesh. It's all gone all the way back. That's why we have that simple rule. It goes up and then we wait uh, to make sure we've got that rule so we keep our money. Now, fund managers can't go into cash. So what they do is they ride you up for five years. They market like crazy. And then they bring you all the way back in stakes and ladders to where you were a few years ago. And you're screwed. And this may well do that again. Who knows? But we've got an insurance policy. That's our seatbelt. Might only need it once every three years. But at least we've got it. Okay. And if I had a time machine and a crystal ball, I'd tell you exactly what's going to happen in the future. But I do not know. Okay. What I do know is the fundamentals look okay. The economic environment is a bit mixed. Okay. So where are we on Tesla? And I think I had Tesla as well on the trading side. So this is the trading side, which is MT4 is the platform I've used there, which is a free retail platform, as you know. And I've used my Pips Predator software on here. To tell me the trend, this is the one hour bar on Tesla's and you're going to close on it. And that's been a short, uh, since last week. Okay. Now, was that a significant short? As in, is it going to impact longer term investments? No, because that's a one hour time frame. This is a, uh, a one week time frame and it's hardly budged at the moment. So, and this is going sideways. So it's very neutral, this Tesla. It's not one I own anymore. We sold that in October, if you remember from my Telegram broadcasts. Uh, and I might get it back into it, as I said, but if I do, I'll let you know in these broadcasts if I do, but I'm just showing it to you for what's out there. Now, Meta, uh, I did sell some Meta today. I've just got to check. I think I've sold some of my Meta position because a bit like with the others, I just had built up a very bloody large position, as you can expect, because we got in last January, as you know, from my Telegram channel. So that's where it was. I sold a little bit, not all, because uh, again, it's X and Y. If it drops X, I will sell Y. So at the moment, I sold a little bit and then might sell more if it drops 10%, if it drops 20, some more if it drops 30, some more. Okay, because what I don't want to happen is this, 
where it dropped 80%. And we were lucky because, well, not lucky, we were skilled. Because when it dropped 10% from the peak in 2022, we said go into cash and then look what happened. It dropped 80% and we avoided all of that 80% drop as a result, which meant this year when it went up 250%, I last January when we were able to get in, we got in a bit late, I guess. Um, but last January, we were able to keep that gain. Your fund manager would have got you a 0% gain because they would have held it all the way down, all the way up. So that's why your pension stank because it was 0%. They didn't get any of this benefit. So how do we avoid making those problems, but not, but not... Uh, uh, having to uh, 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 work too hard at it. Well, we just say, here's today's price. That's the high it's been. If it drops X, I will sell Y, comfortable with my risk appetite. If you're very risk averse, if it drops a little, you'll sell a lot. If you're very risk loving, if it drops a lot, you'll sell a little. Simple, okay? And we'll only know what the true answer of what you should have done uh, with the time machine, right? Uh, service now, similar to the other tech, it's coming off a bit. I want to keep those nice little gains. I haven't sold any of this, by the way. Uh, this momentum looks nice and strong, so I'm happy with it. Okay. Remember all of these that I'm talking about, not just random picks and looking at charts. We looked first at the fundamentals, value, growth, income, cash flow, and so on. Cisco not sold any of it. Uh, Netflix, I don't own. Uh, but the reason it's up there is because they had some great results here and we made it a special situation. For those who are on my great investments program, you know what I'm talking about, special situations. They narrowly miss the approved filtered list, but they're still good stocks. They tick our value growth income, but maybe not every box. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on it for you because it had some good results and it's a popular company because people watch it. I don't happen to own it because I can't buy everything. Uh, but I thought it'd be a good one to educate people on. And so far it's done well. Okay. In hindsight, wish I had bought it, but I hadn't. Uh, we haven't finished, but do have a look at that campaign for a million for a ton of free resources. In fact, uh, make sure you have. If you want to have a look at the links, I've got a whole load more to do yet. I'm going to go through buys and sells. So I know it sounds like I'm leaving, but I'm not. Okay, don't forget to have a look at this where I've got all the goodies and the videos and everything else. Uh, what percentage of Apple and Google would you sell? Well, Mitesh, that's the point. Based on your risk appetite, what would you sell? Okay, it depends on you, not on me, because I've got three private jets in my back garden. So the fact that I sold one percent of my Apple, what relevance is that to you? Do you see? You've got to work out if it drops X, should I sell Y? And let's just go into some of the ETFs that I mentioned, which I liked uh, the look of. Uh, uh, I'm not going to I'm going to give you the names, but I'm not going to show you the chart at the moment only because some of it's confidential to clients. So. I will show you one. This one looks okay. The X trackers X private equity swap. Now private equity has been on a bit of a rip and you can see with the MACD and the momentum, it's flattened out. This had a good Sortino, a good alpha, good volatility, uh, and good momentum. So we look at Sortino and alpha. Sortino is average return versus, uh, uh average return versus, let me show you what we look at. Uh, sort of those are the columns can you see them okay right at the bottom of the screen so for ets we look at these factors uh sortino's average return versus the downside risk of missing it volatility we want below an individual stock like uh so we want it to be under say 12 13 percent and alpha is at performance of the broader market and and so on and that one was one of the ETFs. i've not bought it it's one that i've sent my brother-in-law to say to him 
Uh, and if you're in my program, you know that. For those of you who are in India-related ETFs, just be a bit cautious with your India ones uh, 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 because some of them are looking a bit overbought. So just be a bit cautious. And there's another private equity ETF, which also is looking good. So private equity is looking good at the moment. So on the exchange-traded fund side, uh, as I said, I'd cover some of that. It's looking good. i tell you what else is coming up. Some of the U.S. small caps. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on those. For the future, they're not ones I bought. Just so you know, these are not ones that I bought because I don't do ETFs. I just do individual stocks. But I had a look through what looks interesting. And the best thing I'd say to you is um, the semiconductor ETFs are looking overbought and the India ones are looking overbought. Doesn't mean they won't rise, but I'm just saying looks a little bit risky. I'll tell you the other stocks I bought yesterday in just a second. Give me a second um, that I bought more. Well, I bought fresh into in just a second and why now the other question i want to ask is well is 40 percent realistic given how 2023 went and how 2021 did only if there's a market you need these 10 conditions this year for 40 percent in your portfolio to be realistic okay and did we even do it in 2023 or 2021 well let's have a look in a minute if there's a market tailwind and we don't know if there's going to be one i.e. if the market rises strongly, then obviously it's a lot easier. Last year, the Nasdaq rose 55%. So is 40% realistic? Bloody hell it is. High Sortino means if you've picked stocks or funds which have a high average return consistently, because that's what Sortino measures, return versus downside risk. And they're alpha, high alpha stocks uh, uh, as well. Then, you know, i.e. they consistently outperform the market but they don't underperform the market when the market falls. So they outperform on the upside but not uh, underperform on the downside. Not UK, because UK just doesn't, or emerging markets. I'm sorry. I think it's going to be picking out of the 10,000 stocks I look at out of the US. I'm not saying the US as a whole. I'm just saying out of the 10, because I've got more choice there than I have out of the Vietnamese market, than I have out of the European market. Why? Because the Americans float more bloody companies. So it's just a number numbers game. If you can go into cash in a bad year as we had to in 2022, that's why I do these broadcasts. And I said so far for the S&P 500, and let's just look at it from a trading perspective. And this is uh, Pips Predator again, as I said, if I look at it on a trading perspective, that's still long on a four hour FTSE. So that's not even something we're worried about yet or should be worried about. However, the S&P 500, that's a sell right there. So it was a buy for all of December and now it's a sell. And I think I said this a bit earlier. That's a sell. So we need a lot more buys on the S&P going forward this year uh, uh, for you know, the market to go up. You can, if you're monitoring, if you're not monitoring, you might get something which has gone up and then come back to zero and you didn't get out early enough, like I said, with an NVIDIA or something. And so all your gains evaporated. Then you can't get you 40 percent. Um, if good years make up for bad, if croaky stocks, i.e. cash return on capital invested. Now, what Goldman Sachs discovered uh, through their quantum division, I've put the slides in for in my great investments program, is that. Companies in the top quartile, the top 25% by Crokey generate 30% on average. Not every company every year, but on average over the longer term. So we know we need those types uh, if we're going to get that kind of 40% return. If we hold for 12 months, then reevaluate. I We're not going to hold forever. It's because stocks nowadays, the world moves too quick. They go up a lot in 12 months, and then they go back down again to zero in the next one, as Meta did, down 80% in one year and then up 250 the next that's why we have to do it this way if you sell anything which drops more than 25 percent, that's the that's the absolute seat belt but you might sell a bit before that 
if UK does 18%, the US does more. So basically, basically, if the UK has a tailwind, it's just a different way of saying what I'd already said. Uh, I won't go into this. It's, it's just how poorly, and I've done this in previous broadcasts. It's just how poorly people's pensions are doing. And, and, um, I got this email from someone on the 19th of December, how, uh, over 10 years, her pension had grown 20%. So you can see why we want to make the effort of just keeping an eye on it and doing it this way, because she got 20% over 10 years. And it was an employer's pension with legal in general. So you can see why I do want to keep an eye on these things. Basically, based on what she said, over 10 years, if she just even tracked the NASDAQ, it would have gone up 382%. She would have ended up with 482,000 from 100,000. If she just even tracked the S&P 500 in her SIP or ISA, she would have gone from 100,000 to 266,000. And if she tracked the MISCI, she would have gone up uh, more than the 20% she got even with that because it would have gone up to 124,000 from 100. So she would have made 24,000, which isn't much, obviously, 24% in 10 years, um, which is why I don't like the UK markets. But it just goes to show that people are giving their pensions away and they're getting screwed. Okay. Uh, David, yes, the answer is most definitely yes. And the, the, so that was her email. Um, as I've explained, and I'm going to go through some of the ones that I liked, the way I've done this approach is not just, oh, pluck something out of the air. The way I do it, as those of you who follow me know full well, is I go through, and I'm going to show you the footsie and show you that there's barely anything that I like. Uh, what I do with uh, the markets, as you know, as you may well know, is I look at the value growth income rating, but I need greens across all five columns. Okay, for me to even consider it and then a rising monthly MACD. And there's very few FTSE 100 stocks which meet that criteria, which is why I end up in the US one, because the FTSE 100 only has 100 companies. So you're statistically unlikely to find many anyway, which meet the criteria. There's very few that are green across all of this, ideally across all five. So what have you got? You got diploma, which I picked in the past. Uh, you've got hardly anything which is going to tick your boxes. I'm just giving you the FTSE 100 uh, as an example. Uh, so all of those stocks go in, got to tick value growth. I don't just want a value fund or a growth fund. No, I want a value, undervalued stock, which is growing. Uh, share price, cheap compared to profits, high growth and dividend deals and croaky, the Goldman Sachs thing. Remember, all of those factors have got to go in. Whereas what worries me is you've got Muppets like Scottish Mortgage, who when the markets were rising, were just, obviously tracking the market and rising with it. And then you get a year like 2022 and they can't go into cash. So they drag your money down. They basically cause you a 50% loss in your pension. You lost half your bloody pension in a year. And they say, we're built for your pension. You lost half your pension in a year. Half of it. Oh yeah, I'll give it to the professionals. That's what they look like. That's the professionals for you. I mean, what do I tell you? So what I do, and I've written about this in my books, my financial times columns for 23 odd years, this exact point, and the fact that Eugene Femer got a Nobel Prize in economics for pointing this out and putting data to it. I could never be that clever. He put all this data behind it and, and, um, I just copied his work because I'm not as clever as him, but we look at valuation, make sure we've got the PE trust. We've got sales, earnings and cash flow growth, dividend deals we want to see. Uh, if we don't get dividends, that's fine as long as growth and valuation makes up for it. If it's a little bit 
expensive, that's fine, as long as there's high growth makes up for it and some dividends. You see what I mean? It's an algorithm where you want to make sure you're looking uh, at all the relevant factors, all of these factors. Okay, and then I want to pick for 12 months. Why 12 months? Because like a fruit, I want it to be overshooting, over ripened. I don't want to hold it as it falls like Meta did and your pension drops with a Scottish uh, uh, mortgage company. 15 to 40 stocks. And if it drops 25%, then I'm out of it. Of course, as you saw today, if it drops 1%, 2%, I might have got rid of a bit of a position where it's just too large a position for me. That's my personalized portfolio there. Uh, and that's, that's the way. And it's really 20, well, 20 to 40 investments within that. Okay. Now, which ones do I like the look of before I go back into this at the moment based on what I did yesterday? Uh, I will, and I made a note, uh, it looks likely I'll buy some Goldman Sachs. It looks likely, and uh, I've not confirmed these purchases yet. I thought I had yesterday, but clearly not. Uh, uh, it looks likely I'll buy some CVS and looks likely I'll buy some Verizone. Uh, I won't go into all the others because uh, that's between me and the Great Investments Program people, all the other purchases and what's going to happen with those. Uh, but I wanted to show you some. Now, let's say assume you plan to invest over 10 years and you make 20% per annum, not 40 because you don't get enough good years. But with this, not because of me and not because of anything other than because some of these companies go up far more than that, as we've seen. Okay, let's say you have 100K and you plan to add one and a half each month, then you should have a goal. And I suggest you all make this goal for yourself, whatever it is. For you, it might be different numbers, obviously. You'll have a million over 10 years. Okay, that's what would happen. Some of that comes from the contributions. But that's what I want to get you all to, that Within 10 years, you've got 100, every 100,000 becomes a million. And basically what you've done is made a passive income of 100K a year coming in after 10 years. 100K a year in passive income and you've turned 100,000 into a million. That's what I want for you based on those numbers. Okay. Um, uh, uh, hi, Alpesh. Have you ever had any any of the pension fund managers on the phone asking what you're telling their customers to do. Uh, I've been asked to join the board of two massive investment trusts. One was a Pan-Asia one and one was an India one. Uh, one was a billion dollar plus fund. The other one was below a billion dollars. Uh, and I've had IFAs asking me um, what, what should, you know, I guess they've said they're fed up with the industry. Because uh, the fund managers are bloody jokes. Uh, okay, if you had less, that's what you'd end up with there. Forget that part. It's in the books. It's in the books. Uh, and as I said, my view is you you can be better than these Muppets. Uh, and I proved it time and time again, but I proved it. That's in the Financial Times and they ran it over a 12-month period. Once I've narrowed things down, I may well look at what's in the portfolios of the take a take a photo of this if you wish uh what's in the portfolios of billionaires not because i'm copying what they buy okay uh, uh or billion dollar companies not because i'm bu uh, copying what they buy and you can see 15 billion is what they've got which is three percent of their portfolio is in there and they've reduced uh in 2020 that's the, the latest data is not real time and live because uh, uh these are filings that they've made but you can see you know, what they own. Um, so I don't own Microsoft because Bill Gates owns Microsoft. I don't own 
Apple because of Warren Buffett. Uh, what else has he got that I've got on there? Not, um, Alphabet, Amazon I own, NVIDIA for the moment, Microsoft, Apple, uh, because I don't have it because Goldman Sachs has it. All right. But uh, I might look at that and think, oh, okay, that's reassuring. I've got a few and, and, and that's it. The fundamental way in which I'm looking at things, as I've already explained, is value, growth, income, cash flow. And this is critically important. This is not just, oh, I just felt this morning thinking I'm cleverer than everyone else. I can see into the future and these are the stocks. No, I can't see into the future. What I know is that when um, Goldman Sachs' quantum database presented this to me at a lunch with Jim O'Neill, Lord Jim O'Neill now uh, at their headquarters, cash return capital invested, which is what this formula means, what blew my mind was this number. Of course it bloody did. This is what they give. If you've got 50 million, they'll do it for you. You can become a client of their private client uh, division, okay, their wealth management division. 30% companies in the top quartile by Crokey. I stole this. For that reason, I couldn't have invented this. I would never, well, they didn't even invent it. Deutsche Bank Wealth Management did. Okay, that's why that's important to me. And that's why I put it in there. And I want to tick. So when I wake up at three in the morning and my wife says, what the hell's happening with our pension? I can say, well, I tick the value box. I tick the growth, the income, the cash flow, the Sortino, the alpha. What more do you want me to do, woman? Go to bed. Okay. Or while you're up, darling. Anyway, uh, that's the way it works. And my idea is for every hundred, 20% return would be, uh, sorry, 100K would be made through a 20% return on a 500K SIP or ISA. That's the idea. And then you'll get some years like 2021 where you'll get 55%. You'll, I thought I did the grand reveal on here. I haven't got my grand reveal of what we did last year. Uh, I need to pull that presentation up because uh, you need to know what we did last year. Well, I might as well show off. Not every I'll be like that, uh, but... Um, the years that are, are, and I want to go back to the trading for a second as well in a moment, because I want to mix the two to show you uh, everything that's going on. What haven't I covered? FTSE, I think I've covered everything. Did I not cover Microsoft maybe? So Microsoft's finding it difficult to make that range, but anyway, it's where it is at the moment. So there's your Microsoft. Uh, I don't think I did the grand reveal. No, I didn't. So let me pull that up. Um one second, everybody. Uh, what did we do last year? I think I had to show you. And uh, I didn't show you that. Uh, oh, for goodness sake. Okay. Right. So what's in that grand reveal? The grand reveal was, can we do it? That was, whoops, 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 whoops. The grand reveals, how did we do last year? Goodness sake. How did we do last year? All right. Well, I said the caveats were the market was up 25% using this approach. Okay, this is what we did. I said, look, before I tell you how we did, don't forget the market was up 25% on the S&P. We can't take credit for that. And on the NASDAQ, it was up 55%. So I, I, that won't happen every year. The following were all US, all right? Uh, and it was all the ones from a further filtered final list. So we go through the further filtered list. Um, the momentum was also rising, including my quality five companies and special situation stocks, which narrowly missed the list, but hit all the other criteria. It's from January to December. Now, during the year, I bought some Costco, Intel, Adobe, but that's not included in the results that I'm going to show you. It was not a typical year. And much of 2022, for instance, the year before was in cash, thankfully, because the market formed 20%. So this is not a typical year. 2023 wasn't. Uh, and does not mean any will be held into 2024 because they're 12-month holdings. And this was the grand reveal. 
I might not be able to do this very often, where it was 80 bloody percent. In fact, I think that was probably the best year ever. So that won't happen again, probably. Uh, who knows? If it happens this year, we'll be laughing. Uh, but that's what had happened. Those were the stocks. Now, am I holding those blindly because they did well last year? No. As I said, I have the rules based on if it drops X, I'll sell Y. It's as simple as that. And worst case, it's 12 months exit or if it drops 25% from the highest it's been since I bought it. Did I know NVIDIA was going to do so well at the start of the year? No, because if I did, I would have gone to Ladbrokes and said, I bet you 100 to 1, NVIDIA is going to go up 238.15%. And they would have said, you're all right, you muppet. And I would have made a bloody killing if I knew that. Knew if there was a tailwind, it should do all right. Meta, I didn't even know who Sterling were. Uh, anyway, will this year be like that? I doubt it. We had some AI picks during the year, which is exciting. Do not read too much into AI at the moment because it's still raw. Uh, it, it, that came up during the course of the year, 83% came on Broadcom, uh, but I'm not necessarily saying all the AI picks are phenomenal by any means because we just don't know yet, okay? So that's where we are with that. That's I think you guys are probably the best at being able to do all of this, all right, because you tick a lot of the boxes. What you guys have got to set up, got to get sorted out is your process, value, growth, income, cash flow, Sortino, Alpha and your exit, 12 months or it drops 25% from the highest it's been since you bought it. Those are the things. On the trading side, the reason I wanted to show you some of the trading, and that was my mentor when it came to trading. That's my very first book, Mind of a Trader, published by the Financial Times uh, there. Uh, uh, and Bill Lipschitz was one of the people I interviewed for the book, Lessons in Trading Strategy from the World's Leading Traders. On the trading side, how do things look at the moment? Let me show you. And what, what the, what the indicator is showing, which is wherever you see a green arrow, it means we've got to buy. The yellow means stop loss. Uh, and that varies based on how volatile the market is. And then we add to winning positions where it goes in our favor. So we can start small in case it goes against us. And we add to those positions later on. Of course, the software tells us exactly what to do and when. But how is that looking? Let's look at the bellwethers. In the short term, right now, as it were. And the FTSE is still a long position. Okay, just so you know. Uh, the, so this is the first time I'm doing it this way, uh, where I'm showing it over a longer time frame, the four hour or the one day time frame. On the one day, Amazon's still looking strong. Now, will it get beaten back by the rest of the tech stocks falling? I don't know. That's why I've not sold uh, Amazon, but I did come off some of those. Tesla has fallen sharply, which if you're trading on, if you're my Pits Predator users, uh, then you'd go short there. Okay. Uh, uh, Simon, I, I've answered that before. Finviz. Uh, my wife doesn't wake up for pension updates. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I should stop using that now. You ruined it for me. Simon Finviz. Uh, I can write it down. While you're up, lol. I <laughs> know. We'll court that. Will you add Goldman Sachs, CVC, and Verizon to your weekly updates? Uh, yes, that's where I'd written it. Thank you. I sent it to my staff to add it to my weekly updates. And I'd, uh, 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 so I'd done that. I hadn't bought it yet. I'd done that instead. Foolish. Uh, it was about midnight because, you know, the first week is mental busy in January. So I'd sent it to my team um, to add. Apple, that's uh, really fallen off a cliff. And that's why I want to do these Wednesday broadcasts where I'll talk investment and trading because I think the trading side will show you how we trade, okay, which is to use these momentum indicators. That's the Pitts Predator indicator, if you know this already. Uh, uh, that's the stop loss up there. 
and it, it dovetails into the investing, which is just showing the near term. Okay, that's what's happened. It's fallen off. I'm not worried. I sold a bit of Apple because uh, on the investment side, because I just had built up a massive position in it. That's why. Uh, but the exit strategy, as I explained, 12 months or if it drops X, you sell Y. Worst case, 100% if it drops 25%. Okay, but you might do less than that. So how much work does that entail? Well, it just means every two weeks, just look at your portfolio, put it in an Excel spreadsheet, your 15 stocks, say this is the highest it's been since I bought it. Has it dropped 25% or not? No, that's it. That's all your work. That's all you need to do. Is it worth doing? I think so. Uh, is this well available for today? No, I'll make sure I, I, I put it up in different places. I'll email you the reply, replay and so on. Uh, okay, I'm going to get going because I want to keep these a bit short. Mitesh, are the three buys to test the water and build positions or buy and hold for 12 months from the point onwards? Uh, Mitesh, they're to buy and hold for 12 months from this point onwards. Uh, that's what they're for. And I probably won't do it now until Friday because I thought I'd done it today, but I actually hadn't. Um, so I probably will wait till Friday so that all the people on my great investments program are in at the same time. Uh, okay. Yes, please. I'll take 10. Well, that's the point. That's what we're trying to achieve a million over, um, actually sooner, hopefully, if you get years like last year. And I can't take credit for years like last year. Uh, so let me remove this. Any other questions? Um, I'll push if you any pension fund. All right. No. So I've answered all of those. But that was Barclays re-Apple. Surely Barclays don't have that much power. I'm afraid they do. I'm afraid they do. They do if the market has just had a massive rise up and it's January and they're ready for a, a bit of profit taking. That's what it was. It didn't matter that it was Barclays as long as it was any of the big banks. And it was just one of them was bound to be a smart ass in the analysts uh, pool to say, yeah, let's 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 be the clever one. And get out quick because, you know, uh, you make a name for yourself, don't you? Uh, Tim, <clears throat> it is. It's in the cloud like this. Do you see that? Well, it sits on your computer, but it's up like you access the cloud through your computer, don't you? So you access it through your computer in the cloud. Um, if you want to have a look at the Great Investments Program or Pit Spread, you just go to alpishpatel.com forward slash links. If you want an analysis of your portfolio, you go there as well. I'm going to put the links up on here so go there if you want a free copy of my book i'll just put it all up on screen actually uh let me just share my screen and then i'll finish with this yeah so it's a new thing i'm trialing let me know if you like it sort of shorter but more frequent webinars which cover trading and investing and if you prefer this way just let me know in the chat box okay uh where i'll do a market update but also educational so if you want a free portfolio update you go there articles videos follow me on linkedin uh my invest free investment program it's amazing. My free daily updates on Telegram, the links there. The Great Investments Program, uh, have a look there. Uh, free copy of my book, Mind of a Trader, which is more the trading side, have a look there. And my Investing Unplugged book for free, have a click there. So it's a bit like that. Okay, guys. Thank you. Hope that's okay. Yeah, you like the new format? Yes, much better and concise. Good. Thanks, Arbush, for your time. It's all great content. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Oh, I'll do it. Thoughts about Adobe. Joseph, you reminded me. I cleared out of it. Actually, what I wrote to my great investments program people is that I might sell, um, if you wanted to sell some of your tech stocks and get the hell out of there, I'd fully understand. Uh, uh, and I got out of Adobe, and I'll tell them, uh, have sold Adobe. 
only because I've got so much equity exposure, I realized after such a good year last year, obviously your portfolio has gone up bloody 80%. You, you want to take some of that and keep it. That's different to somebody who's might have gone up 10%. So everybody's decision is going to be different, but I just tell them I have sold Adobe, uh, only because want to reduce tech exposure. Exposure, uh, may buy back. We'll let you know. So we have a private channel on Telegram for my great investments program people, and I tell them on there, buy back. Uh, we'll let you know if I do. Um, reduced size of quality. Oh, no, I didn't reduce all the quality. I reduced, what did I say? Apple. Amazon, I didn't. Alphabet, I did a bit. Well, reduced size of Apple holding now as was very large as was very large so there you go okay you don't need to watch me as i type uh very large that's on the private channel okay everyone i'm gonna get going thank you all uh more insightful over a short if it's around a longer term outlook good i'd like to both thanks great no that's really useful okay so we're gonna do it that way yeah it's great for that especially if it becomes your weekly update exactly derek exactly all good 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 i'm gonna keep it like that guys it'll get better it'll get better it's the first time i'm doing it this way so it will get better um each week uh, uh the way in which i do it okay thanks everyone as i said i'm gonna keep it shorter then so in line with keeping it shorter uh, I'll get going. Have a look at arpishpatel.com forward slash links because there's always new things on there because there might be things you've not used like uh, the books and so on uh, on there. And if you want to join the Great Investments Program or Pitts Predator, it's on there as well. I've made those links available today on there. So have a look there as well, everyone. Thank you. Uh, Mithun, great. Using Pitts Predator with investing like this was amazing. Good, good, good. Can you measure your investments, please? I don't manage other people's investments, I'm afraid, without Cody, thanks. Uh, I don't manage other people's investments other than institutional money because, guess what, institutional money is massive. Uh, retail client money, I'm afraid, isn't. So, sorry, it sounds a bit greedy. Uh, the time poor people we have, we've got dentists, accountants, lawyers who are time poor, uh, and what they do is, and the way they do it is they join my program and what that means is on the great investments program they get all the data given to them they get the calls with me and then they manage it but there's very little management needed because i handhold them through them picking the stocks which are suitable for them and then they monitor it once a fortnight to see if any have fallen more than 20 percent from their peak that's all they need to do so all they need to do is create five minutes every two weeks plus have as many calls as they want with me because they get all the data given to them. So it saves them all the time uh, in the world. So that's that's what the time poor people uh, do. They do the program. They do the great investments. For, whoops, let's go right down there. Uh, where's it gone? There you go. They do the great investments program and they get all this data in one go and then the calls with me and then what i show them is simply this flow chart cash what do i do we work out their risk appetite and then they'll pick the stocks 12 months because 12 months or it's dropped 25% or if we become risk averse in between sell 10 to 100% depending on your risk appetite and that's it and that takes 5 minutes a fortnight monitoring that's it so oh sorry i wasn't sharing my screen was i Somebody's at the door all the way at home. Uh, I wasn't sharing my screen. Sorry, I'll share that screen. What they do, <laughs> he goes back again, uh, is if they're time poor, is they will 
look at uh, cash, pick from the approved list because we give them all the data, and then they will uh, speak to me uh, with that data and make the decision accordingly. Because the major problem most people have is that this is what their portfolio looks like, unfortunately. You know, this is a bad, wrong portfolio somebody sent in. A lot of funds, thousands of stocks, very few equities, absolute bloody dreadful mess. Uh, and so th- the reason I give them the two flow charts as part of that program is then they only need to spend five minutes every two weeks to monitor it because all this data they get. And they can see from that, because I show them, because we filter it, I'm going to tap on that because that's for clients, uh, they, they, they can see exactly the stocks which tick the first five boxes, which are the most important and which last year generated 80%. Okay, so it's that's the point of it. All right, everyone, really better go now. Thank you all very much, and I will speak to you soon. Any other questions, just email me. Yes, dentist, hands in mouthful. Exactly, I know, I know, how did I guess? Simon, how about we all get together? Big fund, then I'll be full manager. I know. Thanks, Alpha. Oh, Edward, hello, how are you, my friend? You're the one with the sun in Hong Kong, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, McKinsey, he is. Campus very successful, some with no training experience. Well, it is built for people who, all the way from zero experience, to more most people have zero experience because obviously why should they have more uh thank you all very much i'm going to get going any other emails just message me email me have a look at alpishpatel.com forward slash links and then you'll be able to um message me on there because i think it's got all my message details uh there as well i'll just put that there alpishpatel.com forward slash links because the free books and the free stuff is on there and my telegram channels on there as well okay so you can go to that All right. Thanks very much all. Bye. Bye. Bye.